welcome back to Therefore Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. I'm Judy Mustang. And um, yes, it's been a while, but we are back today talking about motives or motivation. I don't know how else to, to say that. Maybe even attitude could be a way of describing that. I don't know. I think so. I was reading my Bible, obviously trying to find things to, to, to say about motive. And I actually started with a definition. So yes, I'm an English nerd. So Webster's Dictionary, a motive is the underlying reason for any action. Why we do what we do. Underlying reason. I thought that was a key phrase in that, like, because we could be doing things for a lot of reasons, but what's the underlying, what's the underlying reason? What's the, like the core reason? Why are you doing something? I think we do a lot of things that we don't necessarily want to do, or we don't have the right motives for right. why we do them. That's also biblical. And Paul, yeah. Paul, it says, I keep doing what I don't want to do, not doing what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the story of my life sometimes. I think we stress ourselves out with those things. Um, I think sometimes I overextend myself. Yes. Um, and then I get frustrated because I've overextended myself because I've said yes to too many things and my motive wasn't because I felt like the Lord wanted me to do it or to, to do good for somebody else per se, but I did it because somebody asked me and I didn't want to tell them no, because no seems like such a hard word to say. Um, Way to like take it right to the heart, Judy. (laughs) I mean, seriously. So years ago, I had this quote unquote New Year's resolution, not really a resolution, but like just a thing that I was like, okay, this year I am not going to, I'm not going to do obligatory yeses. So I'm not going to say yes to things that I don't really feel like I should be a part of. Do you know how many times I've had to restart that particular resolution to say, I'm not going to do that, but you're right. My motives for that are wrong yeah. because I'm not doing it for God's approval. I'm doing it for man's, man's which approval. is like, wow, way to really like, I've never, I mean, I, I've thought about it like that, but not in the context of I'm literally doing it for man's approval. Yeah. And then we live by that. Or if we live by that, I mean, we get let down a lot because, you know, I find myself being frustrated or being stressed out because of my yes. Right. Because I didn't do it for the right reasons, but I was afraid to say no. Mm-hmm. for fear of man, which the Bible says brings a snare. Yes. Which obviously is exactly what it does to me when I say yes to things that the Lord didn't ask me to do. And then I want God to get me out of the things that I said yes to that he never told me to do. So we shouldn't look at every opportunity provided to us by somebody yeah. as an opportunity from God. Right. They're also just looking for someone to fill a space sometimes. Exactly. Like it's not like they looked at you and went, I think you are legitimately the best person to do this. And sometimes I think we fill a space because we feel pressure because things are time sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of waiting yeah. on the right person, we say yes to something that God didn't ask us to do. And we put stressors and stress upon our life when the right person maybe was just having a hard time stepping up. But because we stepped up, they step back. It's so quote unquote, ironic, I guess that you said that I was literally talking to someone on Sunday about the fact that I wasn't helping with a particular event that's happening at my church right now this week. And she was like, that's okay. She, she's not helping either. But she said, 
us not stepping up allows somebody else to step up. Maybe somebody who hasn't before because there wasn't a need or there wasn't a, you know, a whatever. Now they will step up and do it. Even within the people who are already just volunteering, maybe they will step up to a certain role that God has in mind for them that we would have done had we been there. Yeah. And not to say that we couldn't do it. Right. It's just that maybe the Lord is asking someone else to do it. Maybe you can train them or mentor them or walk them through it. And and then you've kind of expanded all these things. And then they can use the gifts and talents that God has placed inside of them. Instead of overextending ourselves. or that's what I do. That's what <laughs> Guilty. That's me. Guilty. Yes. Yeah. And then I, I don't know if you do this, but then I go around my house um, on the verge of tears because I've overextended myself because of the yes that I gave that God didn't ask me to give. I wonder sometimes because I am, I am the perfect person to say this. I will say yes to things. And then the day of or the night before, I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. Yes. I don't want to do this. And I dread it. And I look around my home and I'm like, my home isn't looking how I want it to look or not, um, you know, whatever, like things are falling through the cracks because I'm doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing in the first place. Yes. Or I'll be upset because I, my yes has cut into my time with my kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the I'm yeah. really frustrated with myself, but because I've obligated myself right. for something that God didn't ask me to do. And you're not going to yeah. step out of that because. Yeah. Well, because then what would you've already the people yes. think? Yeah. You right. know, because then I'm going to let people down. But in essence, I've let my family down or I've let myself down because I knew that God didn't ask me to do it. Isn't it crazy that if we will just be mindful of what the Lord is asking us to do, that he won't put too much on us. It's usually myself who puts too much on me all the time. Yeah. And because when he asks me to do something, he gives me grace to walk in that. And he gives me grace in the season uh, of whatever he's asking me to do. And I don't feel that pressure. I don't mm -hmm. feel all that that may be unnecessary pressure that I put on myself because I know that the Lord's asked me to do it. But when I step out into it and then ask the Lord to bless what I've messed up, yeah, you know, or say, I'm really sorry, God, that I said yes to this. Could you please help me out of it? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever done that, but that's what I've done. Absolutely. I mean, if I'm going to be like blatantly honest, I was reading in Proverbs chapter 16, it says, and this seems like probably this is exactly what we're talking about here. All a person's ways seem pure to them. Yeah, I'm doing it with the best of intentions. Yeah, and it's a good thing. Right. Doesn't I'm mean helping. it's a God thing, doesn't, you know. Right. That's true. Good does not equal God. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got you. I got you. Don't, don't soundbite that because yeah. that will come out completely <laughs> not how I meant that. But Okay. All, all, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Girl. Jeremiah, he says, because the human heart is very deceitful, you know. Mm. So, yeah, our heart might tell us that we're doing something with the best of intentions. They meant well. I meant well. Mm -hmm. But the human heart is deceitful, which is why I hate. I don't use that word often. I hate the follow your heart mantra that is our culture today. Whatever you want to do, follow your heart. Follow your heart. You want to get married after a week? Follow your heart. You want to change whatever about yourself? Just follow your heart. You want to um, completely end a relationship because you 
are no longer in love or whatever reason, follow your heart. Now, none of those are the good things that we were just talking about where we're like, you know, I did it with the best of intentions. That's not what that is. But man, but the heart is deceitful. The heart lies to you. Why do we put so much stock into it? That's <laughs> what I want to know. Like as a, as a a people, why do we put so much stock into what our heart is telling us? Yeah, I think sometimes we need to s- step back. I, I think something that maybe I have to make myself do is stop and go, okay, God, what, what do you want me to do? Rather than what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Um, sometimes feelings are fickle. Yes. And I can feel lots of different things in lots of different ways in lots of different minutes. Right. You know, doesn't mean it's, that's what I should always do. Thank goodness we don't. Right. Always just, you know. I mean, I can feel like eating lots of sweets, but afterwards it's not going to be fantastic. I mean, my feelings are, they're just fickle. You know, one minute you can feel this way and one minute you can feel that way. Can't always go by feelings. Um, I mean, that's why we have the Lord. That's why we have his word. Yes. I mean, that's really what should be guiding my decisions. But sometimes that's not always what I've done. Right. And sometimes I think we even, I'm going to say blame God, but I don't think that's what I really mean. We will say that we're doing it for the Lord. Do everything as if doing it unto the Lord. Well, as long as I'm doing it as if it were unto the Lord, it must be okay. But like, that's not really the intent of the verse. Do it for the Lord. Like, Truly. And and sometimes, and maybe I need to give myself permission for this too, it's okay to tell people, you know what, I'm going to pray about that. Yeah. I'm going to take some time and really think about that. I'm going to talk about that with my spouse. I'm going to talk about that with my children. I'm, you know, whatever. And I will um, let you know. I'm not going to give you like a an off the cuff answer because sometimes you need to think things through because your feelings can be wrong yeah. all the time. I mean, right. it's not a bad thing to like take time. I mean, We've talked about obedience in the past where like where we've said disobedience is sin and, and, and waiting is sin sometimes when you're like, oh, should I do this? Should right. I not? And that's not what we're talking about here. We're literally talking about the opportunities that arise yeah. every day that you're like, maybe you don't even really want to say yes to, or maybe you do really want to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that you're like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to enjoy doing this. And you might enjoy doing this. That doesn't mean that it's something you should be doing. Well, and sometimes I wonder why do we want to do some of those things? I mean, what is my, literally, what is my motive for wanting to do that? Yeah. Why do I want to be a part of that? Why do I want that? I mean, is it just because that will be seen? Is it because we'll have an office, we'll have a title? I mean, why do we want to do the things that we do? Why do we do the things that we do? What's our, what's really that as you said, the underlying reason, why do we say the things that we say? Why do we post things on social media? Well, I, I shouldn't even say this, but I was going to say kind of snarkily, if you asked a teenager that question as opposed to an adult, I think your answer would be different. I'm not so sure that's true anymore. I think that there are lots of um, content creators out there, <clears throat> excuse me, as they call themselves, that uh, why they post those things. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be like, I think when we first would have had this conversation, we would have thought about like pictures of body, right? Like, please tell me how pretty I am. Tell me um, what a good job I did. Tell me, you know, whatever. And it's still that now, but now I don't know if you've seen content creators like this, but they will literally post a picture of their house, like a room in their house that is just spotless and like immaculately organized. 
but it's for the same reason. <laughs> it's just that their priority is different than a selfie, yeah. right? It's it's a different thing. I was thinking about this. What are our motivations? And I, I warned you before we pushed the record button here that I would need you to be the positivity for today because of my mindset and not necessarily just my mindset, but when I think of what our what are our motivations, my mind goes negative, right? So pride, right? I want acknowledgement. Um, anger, sometimes we do things out of anger, right? Yeah. Oh, well, so-and-so did that last year. I'm going to do it this year and I'm going to make it, yeah. you know, whatever. Or kind of maliciously. Yeah, revenge yeah. or whatever. Revenge is actually the next thing I wrote down. A sense of entitlement, like I'm going to do this because so that either you will acknowledge that I am better at this, was meant for this, whatever, or I'm going to do this because I can. Like two different ways of thinking of entitlement there, I think. And the desire for approval. Mm. And I think that's a huge one. Well, it's absolutely huge. And it's absolutely, all of those are true because we're human and we yeah. do them. Um, I should it, have added another one on here that said to not make people mad because I do that a lot too. I just true. say yes because I, yeah. I don't want to let somebody else down. Yeah. Yeah. And so then our motive would be once again, the fear of man. Yeah. Yeah. Fear. Of, you know, I think, and here I am saying this and I fight it. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the hardest things that we do is doing things because we're afraid of what somebody will think, yeah. what other people will say. And we are completely absorbed into what other people think about us, mm -hmm. whether we like it or not. And usually when you say, I don't really care what other people think about us, you really probably think about it too much. Right. Usually when people lead with that, they care a lot. And, um, yeah, I, I know we probably don't want to hear that, but you know, the Bible says in Proverbs that the fear of man brings a snare and the fear of man always brings a snare. It snares me. That's not it, optional. Huh? It's not optional. Yeah. I mean, it, it snares me in my heart. It snares me in my mind. It keeps me from doing things that um, I want to do. And it stops me from doing things you know, or it, or then I do things that I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should say that. Um, you know, I had um, a minister tell me one time that fear doesn't make choices for me. Yeah. And I think that fear has made a lot of choices for me. Um, yes. I've done things because I was afraid of what somebody might say if I didn't do them. I've not done things because I was afraid of what somebody would say <laughs> if I did if them. I did them. Yeah. You know, um, I've not went places. Yeah. Because I was afraid if somebody saw me there, mm -hmm. you know, I've went places because I was afraid if somebody didn't see me there. I've been a part of things that, so once again, my underlying motive was the fear of man. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that it dictates many decisions that it should never dictate and has bound me in things and imprisoned me in my heart and my mind. And it makes me sad of the things that I've done and maybe time and energies that I've wasted all because I was afraid. And I let that, I, I let mm -hmm. that decision, I let fear make all those decisions for me. It's hard to step out in the confidence. Yeah. And I think that's where, where we talk about how deceitful our hearts are and fear I think is connected to the heart. Like it's a, it's a fear of failure, a fear of man, a fear of man's judgment or lack of yeah. approval, um, fear of, and we put it on ourselves too. As you were talking, I was thinking of um, FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I thing. do things just because I yep. 
don't, everyone else is going to be doing it. And so I want to be involved with it. And even though that's like, God totally did not put that in my path as a, you know what I mean? Like I chose to step out into that myself. But we, we pick it up, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, as we were talking earlier, one of the things that I feel like the Lord has really just kind of been dealing with me about (laughs) is um, creating in me a clean heart and being like David and a right spirit within me. Um, I feel like that's been my heart cry for months is as I'm dealing with these things that are coming in my life. I mean, my heart cry, I can remember just really struggling one night and, and I just thought, you know, God created me a clean heart and a right spirit. Let my heart be right before you. I mean, he sees all these things anyway. I mean, God doesn't go, wow, I didn't see that. (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) You completely shocked me on that way you acted right there. Um, (laughs) I didn't know you were going to say yes to that. No, I mean, he knows all those things. And, and and I just want to be vulnerable enough to come to him and, and be like, you know, God, I'm sorry about that one. Please create it a clean heart and a right spirit. Let my heart be right before me. Let me respond to you. Right. Let me respond to your people. Right. Mm -hmm. I was reading in Romans and not word for word here, but very, very paraphrased here. Any motivation that originates in our flesh is not pleasing to God, not pleasing to him. Not just that, like he doesn't like it. It's not pleasing to him. And then he evaluates that condition of our hearts and, and, Second Corinthians talks about how he he does he evaluates the condition of your heart when you give offerings to to him. So thinking back to um well Cain and Abel, they both gave offerings. One just wasn't of like sincere. I don't like comparing myself to that um to that story <laughs> at all. <laughs> like I, I don't like it's that. It's hard for us to admit that our heart is wrong. Yeah. And I think that selfishness hinders every part of our spiritual walk. I think we're self-absorbed whether we want to admit it or not. Right. I mean, starting with, I think our prayers are hindered if we are leading with selfish motives because then you're not focused on God. When I was in high school, I wrote a lot of poetry. It seems like a very teenage angsty thing to do, doesn't it? My poems were not angsty, um, but God had given me this talent, this ability, um, I've had a few of them published, which I thought was just crazy at the time, like how that could possibly be. But one of the things that that God brought to me and, you know, I wondered back then, like, why are you letting me write these this, these words? Like, why is it coming to me? And I thought then that it was just for my own, like, accolades. Look, this is what you could do. Look at this. You, you, know, you have a talent here, you know, whatever. It's not. It's because music and poetry hide in my heart. And so I am one of those people. And I think most people are that if it's, um, you could probably sing a song word for word from the eighties, right? We're talking 40 years ago that there are, there are songs from the eighties that we all know word for word. Why? No clue. It's to music, right? I think that God has used that to hide his word in my heart. And, and that, uh, so one of these was put your eyes on me. Every time you look around, every time you're, yeah, you're lost. And literally what the rest of the poem said, and why do I remember this now? I was in high school, right? So we're talking several years ago. You're in my presence, standing on holy ground. When there's nowhere else to go, you'll find comfort in my arms. Put your eyes on me. And that is the catalyst for so many of my prayers now, because I struggle in that sometimes. I get in my own mind, my own head, and I'm even like 
during church services, you know, my mind is thinking about what do I have to do after church? I've got to run here. I've got to do this. I've got to get home because so-and-so is coming and I got to blah, 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 whatever. Or this week is all this, these different tasks that I need to check off my list and my mind is not where it's supposed to be. And it's in those moments that God always takes me back to that high school me sitting in whatever class I was sitting in, writing those words to put my eyes on him because selfishness hinders all aspects of our spiritual walks, starting with our prayers, our worship time. And not hinders because you're focused on like, um, you're not like praying to yourself, you know, that kind of like, but like hinders just in that you're distracted. Yeah, I you just took the words right out of my mouth. I felt like this is something that I've been fighting for months is distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I found is that if I'm not careful, distraction will turn to disturbance. Yeah. You know, I always make a comment when I'm teaching that, you know, if our worship band is playing and I'm in the back, I can make faces at them and distract them, but doesn't keep them from playing. But if I was to come up on the stage and take the drumsticks or the picks from the guitarist, I have moved from being a distraction to a disturbance. And I think that if we're not careful, the things in our life that we're trying to ignore um, that are distractions, if, if I'm not careful, they will become a disturbance for me. And then mm-hmm. I can't focus at all. You know, even in the book of Nehemiah, when he, when um, Sanballat and Tobiah were coming at him, um, they were constantly mocking him and just trying to distract him from his purpose, trying to distract him from building the wall. I mean, just, I mean, literally doing everything under the sun to distract him mm-hmm. from his purpose. Um, and then they got to the point where they were like, we, we are going to come at you. We're going to, you know, we're going to kill yeah. you. You better quit doing this. And so they had moved from distraction to disturbance. And it was in that moment that I'm um, like, this is like my version. But Nehemiah was like, you climb your hips up on this wall <laughs> and we're going to have a conversation. Actually, we're going to have more than that. We're going to, we're, right. we're going to fight. And um, because he knew that I can ignore a distraction, but I'm going to deal with a disturbance. And what I've found though, is if I'm not careful, I've, I'll allow a distraction to become a disturbance. I know that's probably a whole, whole nother wheelhouse here this today, but <laughs> absolutely. But yes, all, all related, I think. Because my focus is no longer up on the Lord. It's no longer upon what he's asked me to do. It's no longer, I mean, I'm not really focused at all if we want to be. True. I mean, I can pretend that I'm focused. We can all pretend to be focused. We can all go to church. We can all clap our hands and sing the songs yes. and, and it all be in rhythm And because we, we know how to do that. Right. But our mind isn't no more on the Lord than the man of the moon. And all of a sudden, I've missed everything that the minister has said. I didn't hear the words. I, faith wasn't ignited me in, in praise and worship because I didn't hear the words. Right. Because I was so distracted about everything that was going on in this season of my life that I can't really focus upon what the Lord is asking me to focus on. And so then I've lost ground right? in my season. Isn't that crazy? I think that that's always my thought when people say, I just don't, I don't get anything from that minister. I don't get anything well, you're not supposed to get anything from the minister. Like, <laughs> I mean, that maybe sounds harsh, but like even I, we were just kind of talking yeah. about this, like even us just talking today, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't really like, uh, hopefully we're not just entertainment for you. Like you have to allow God to, 
to move in you and to move in whatever is happening around you. And sometimes the things that are almost always the things that I, the, the conversations that I have with my students, my teenage students, or the podcast episodes that I think are the absolute worst, inevitably God will send someone to me to, to make sure that I know that he used it anyway, maybe in spite of, Yeah. <laughs> but the other people have to be willing, like on the other side of that. And when I'm a listener and not a, a speaker, I have to be open to what God's telling me. I think sometimes we listen and we don't hear. Yeah. Oh, all the time, right? Yeah. Literally, we just talked about this in my own household. I mean, you and I, like mm-hmm. my dear sweet husband, <laughs> swears I have never told him anything ever. <laughs> He'll appreciate that. But if you're married, you understand right. any kind of long-term relationship. You don't have to be married. <laughs> if you're in any kind of long-term relationship with anybody in the world, children, yeah. parents, it doesn't matter. There will be a moment where they say, you've never said that. You're like, I just told you yesterday. I was thinking about the book of Hebrews. Because if you remember my my Hebrews story, God, I'm going to say made me because he did. He made me go through the book of Hebrews so many times to the point where I was like, all right, I'm missing it. I don't get it. What is it that you need to tell me here? Anyway, when we decided we were going to be talking about this, I was thinking back to that. And in Hebrews chapter four, it kind of talks about like how we can pretend that we are choosing to do things for God's, for God's benefit or for God's pleasure um, or for the benefit of others. We can pretend that we're doing that, but really we have selfish reasons. And what Hebrews four really talks about is that God is not fooled by our selfishness like others may be, like we may be, we may even fool ourselves, but that God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents mm, of the heart. That's good. And um, good and scary Yeah, to me. I mean. Well, you know, I, I can remember talking to our young people about this just not too long ago. I said, you know, where do we think that we can trick Jesus? You know, it just doesn't happen. You know, one of my favorite um, things in the Bible is when Jesus is having his last supper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh. You know, and he's getting ready to leave the pastorate. I mean, he's leaving, you know, and of all the things that he says, I mean, I I might have wanted to ignore all of the things that were going on if I'm going to leave, you know, yeah. saying like it doesn't matter. Checked out. Yeah, I'm going to check out. I'm just like, I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to have this last supper and I'm going to go on. But of all the times that you could say something, he says one of you is a devil. I mean, really? I mean, that's like a pretty big like. Speaking I, I, of calling out. Thank you. I mean, he's, he like preaches one of the greatest sermons in, um, yeah. in all of the Bible. With one word, one of you is a devil, and you would have thought, I mean, if I, you know, you would have thought Peter would have said <laughs> you something. Everybody just yeah. freeze. Well, I mean, they would have been like, you know, it's about time, Jesus. <laughs> like, we were hoping that you would figure out that you just been having his hand in the till this whole time. Yeah. You know, and, you know, or, dude, I heard him over saying, and he didn't really mean, you know, yeah. well, you would have thought that they would have given up one another in this moment, but that's not at all what happens. Actually, all the way around the room. Every single disciple, it doesn't say that one of them miss, was missing mm-hmm. in this conversation, but every single disciple says, well, is it I? Is it me? Yeah. Am I? Am I the one? And not one gave up another, but because they all thought they were too close not to ask. Yeah. I always think that, I mean, he's, when you look into the eyes of an all-knowing, omnipotent, omniscious God, you're not going to trick him. You know, I always think it's funny that we think that he doesn't see the things that we're doing the motives of our heart, mm-hmm. the things that we do 
in secret, the things that we don't want to tell anybody about, the things that we lie awake at night thinking about. And we think somehow that we're pulling one over on him. You know what I'm saying? That we've somehow tricked Jesus. And the thing is, is even in all the things that we do, when we come to him and just say, I'm sorry, he, he's so fantastic about just restoring us. Right. Um, back unto him. And what a beautiful thing. And I always wonder why we run from freedom. Why we carry it so far. Yeah. Instead of just like yeah. laying it down. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand us. Uh, you know, see, I don't understand me. Like, why would, we, you know, I, I always talk about this. Like, he always wants to bring us to a place of freedom. He always wants to bring us to a place of restoration. He always wants to bring us to this place of goodness. And he doesn't judge us. He does. I mean, he doesn't want to throw us away. All he wants to do is love us and bring us back. And we run from that. And we hide from him. And like you said, we take it further than it should go. Um, we hide, we hide it longer that it, I mean, it should have never been hidden in the first place. Right. Cause actually it's never hidden it's from, not him. Hidden from him. I don't know. I don't even know how we get off thinking that it, it's hidden anyway. Yeah. I mean, cause we hide it from people. I guess. I guess. <clears throat> and our brains cannot, um, comprehend no. a person who knows or, yeah. a, you know, well, you know, and. But I guess people, we've been doing this for a long time, and even Adam and Eve were hiding. Oh, immediately, right? Yeah, immediately. I mean, and then God has to ask questions. And whenever God asks questions, it's not because he know, doesn't know the answer. It's because he wants to know how you're going to respond. Um, where are you? As right. I mean, seriously, he created the garden. He knows where you're at. Um, you know, what are you doing here? You know, he asked, he, he asked Elijah, he's like, what are you doing here? Because he wanted to know. Why are you in this cave? Why did you run? What is your reason? I need to know your underlying motive of why you're here. You know, he asked Hagar, where are you going? I think he does that sometimes too. Like, um, like we do rhetorical questions sometimes yeah. or like we already know the answer, but he needs to hear it. It's like asking your kid, you know, when they have yeah. chocolate all over their face. <laughs> did you, did you get into the chocolate? Man, no. I didn't get the chocolate. What were you doing then? Like, yeah. Because he wants us to figure it out. He wants us to know him in such a way that, that we are comfortable and that we are with him, but at, that we are willing to make ourselves and put ourselves vulnerable in his presence, knowing that we've messed up. And we're going to mess up. Everybody's going to mess up. And God knows that, but he he wants you to work through it too. Like he's not just going to say, I'm just going to take this away from you. I mean, he could, he does sometimes. He, I've heard amazing stories of people who have struggled with addiction for years and they finally prayed and God just took it away from them. That's amazing. But that is the exception. Not necessarily the, the rule of how it's going to go. And, and I think that God asks us sometimes so that we can work through it in our own minds. I mean, I do it to my students all the time. I know the answers to the questions that I'm asking you, but I want you to work through it. I want you to like use those comprehension skills and, and all of the, you know, in-depth thought processes that we know you're working through at your age. And I want you to work through it so that when you come across this issue again, you're going to have this experience 
And you're not just going to rely on me to give you the answers or to bail you out, whatever the case may be. I think it's really good. I always make a statement that I process through talking. Mm-hmm. And All the time. I mean, and I need to talk through it. You know, I even had a good friend of mine after we had went through something. She goes, okay, so you need to sit down <laughs> and you need, and we're going to have a we're conversation talk. Yeah. yeah, because you, you need to process that. And sometimes I need to admit things about myself that mm, I need yeah. to probably work on. Um, I think just owning right. those things in us that we want to be better um, in us. I think owning it, admitting yeah. it, however you want to say it. Um, is hard for us as well, humans. What do they say? Um, what's that word? Acknowledgement is the first step. Yeah. <clears throat> Acknowledging is. that there is a problem. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's very, very true. You know, um, even like, so when my kids were little, um, if they got in trouble for calling their brother a name, I would always say, you need to say you're sorry for calling them, whatever they call them. Yeah. And they would say, I'm sorry. And I said, okay, I'm glad you said I'm sorry, but you didn't say I'm sorry for calling them. And it it took work mm-hmm. for them to say, I'm sorry for calling you a right. whatever they call them. Because then they had to acknowledge what they had this done. This is legitimately what, what you did. Yeah. And <clears throat> that was the hard part. The I'm sorry wasn't as hard yeah. as I'm sorry we say for. it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes as as adults, what you know, that we do that. Right. That we're like Ah, uh, I'm really sorry for taking on that, and I didn't acknowledge you about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm really sorry for one of the verses that we talked about before we pushed record, but neither one of us have mentioned yet, which is interesting because we definitely could have. Matthew chapter six, mm, yeah, says, um, and this is the English Standard Version, so maybe a little different than whatever version you're in, but. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Because you've are some other place that says you've already received yeah, yeah. your reward. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, here it is, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. This, I probably shouldn't judge this person, but there's a particular musician who never misses an opportunity to publicly um, declare what they do to help other people. And every time I see them posting about whatever it is, like seriously, they've posted about everything from helping somebody change a tire on their car to, um, you know, like whatever. I always think of this verse. Or when I think of people who, you know, the verse, you'll know them by their fruits. When there's no fruit, but there's loud prayer, I think of that, of this verse, when I I hear people like that praying loudly or speaking loudly about God, but yet their life bears no fruit to say that they are. And what is the underlying reason for all that? Right. What is it? I mean, for the musician who is trying to sell albums and 
practices. So people proclaims think, yeah. to be a Christian. I guess that's why yeah. I think of it because he proclaims to be a Christian and I'm not saying that he's not, I have no idea. Don't know this man outside of what he posts on social media. Right. I mean, and what he puts in his songs, but, um, but this verse always comes to mind that like, dude, you don't need to share it. And I, I always just kind of think it's weird when people are helping the homeless and they're like, here, let me take a picture of you. Like, that's yeah, just so like, you're just, yeah. What is, what is the underlying reason for right. that? I mean, why, why do we say the things that we say? Or what, why do we do those things? You know, mm-hmm. are we really, you know, I think it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, about the praises of men it says if you don't live by the praise of men you won't die by their criticism you know um we're wanting somebody to praise us in that yeah acknowledgement that you've done something yeah i mean Good. so what's going on inside of me that i need that so desperately you know and that's why, really what it is yeah i mean why do i need to be affirmed by men why it's a heart issue yeah it's always a heart issue always too many times i've used that like in the last couple of years of, I I don't know what has changed, but I'm like, oh, that's a hard issue. Mm-hmm. It's a hard issue. It's not a personality issue. It's not a, it's a hard issue. Well, it's, it's always a hard issue. When always. I see people clamoring for the spotlight, when I see people desperately needing to be heard, um, maybe sometimes that person is me. Yeah. What is going on in me that I need that? so desperately what is broken inside of me you know what needs to be fixed deep inside of me because my heart is longing for to be seen to be heard to be noticed to be why do i want that title what does that make sense what it so what there's is, a lack of content yeah, thank you contentness i mean well I, yeah peace, and i'm lack of peace i need lots of times i feel like when we have what i call roots of rejection that's what I call them. Yeah. Um, we clamor, we climb, we reach for um, sure acknowledgement. Want to prove that you're better than what we do. you were? Yeah, or what somebody said over right. me when I, you know, what somebody said about me or said to me, or maybe I fought through for years or come out of my childhood or even a bad relationship, and you want to climb over that, and so because that's so it broke you in such a deep way that now you have to come out of that. Mm-hmm. And then you have to climb over this rubble piece that's inside of me of why am I always needing that person to say something good to me? Why am I always needing that person that for whatever reason doesn't like me and doesn't have a reason to not like me? Why do I want their approval so bad? I have so many good people in my life that love me. Why do I Mm -hmm. desperately need them to say something good to me? Why do I want that person to acknowledge that I've done well? Why do I want those people to see that I've overcome what they couldn't overcome. Why am I so like, you know, why do I so need for them to see that I've made it, that I've survived, that I overcame where they were at, that they didn't think that I could overcome everything that they said about me. Why do I have to put that out there? And why do I need you to, to say something to me? Let's be honest. Most of the time they're not going to anyway. No, thank you. No, no, and you're most of the time, like you said, they're they're not going to say it. They're not going to reach out. They're not. Maybe somebody else might right. say, "Hey, I see that you come out of that." Yeah. But the people, the people, the ones that you're like, yeah, yeah, that you're wanting, yeah, you know, the, they're most not of the time they're not. Mm-hmm. I don't. 
need that. You don't need that. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. But yet we sh- I want it. came up with some questions or and came up with some and found some online to uh, to kind of check our motivation, a motivation check, I guess. If no one ever knows what I'm doing, giving, serving, sacrificing, whatever, if nobody ever knows, would I still do it? It's good. Do you know how much that would change my life if I legitimately didn't do some of the things that I do because I'm trying not to disappoint or let others down? If there was no visible payoff for doing this, would I still do it? Visible payoff. I'm not really sure how that would, I mean, I guess maybe financially, um, accolades, whatever, right? Would I joyfully take a lesser position if God asked me to joyfully? Am I doing this for the praise of others or how it makes me feel? If I had to suffer for continuing what God has called me to do, would I continue to do it? So if I'm, if God has called me to do it and I'm stepping out in that and I'm doing it, would, and it it caused suffering and pain in my life, would I continue to do it simply because God told me to do it, asked me to do it? If others misunderstand or criticize my actions, does it cause me to stop? If I'm never shown any gratitude for what I'm doing, will I still do it? I think of that one a lot when I think of people who are um, like civil servants, like um, those serving on boards and commissions. And um, because unless you've been in a position like that, you have no idea that it is one of the most thankless jobs you could ever take on. And you're not paid for it usually, like especially at the at the local level, there's not a pay for it typically. Um, so like the people who continue to do those things and to serve in those capacities, their motivations might not be godly or pure. They might be in it for a reason to better their business, to better their name in the community, to better whatever. But if you take that and you, and you flip it to things that God has called you to do, if you've never get one ounce of gratitude, would you still do it? And do I judge my success or failure based upon my faithfulness to what God has asked me to do, or do I base or do I judge my success or failure compared to others? So yeah, those are just some questions that you can think about. Like when you're like, why am I doing this? Because I'm guessing that some of you who are listening are going to say, oh, maybe I need to reevaluate some of my motives, my motivations. I did. I mean, as we started talking and even before then, when I was looking over this stuff, trying to like piece some things together, like oh, this is going to get personal this week. I see how it is. <laughs> As Judy says, God's going to deal with me on some things. Yes. He's always really good about getting right down to yeah. the stuff that matters. It's funny because we hear so much from you guys sometimes, not always, but sometimes about how certain episodes have affected you, how um, God used some of those episodes to to uh, bring something to mind or to light in you or whatever. But you probably should know that most of the things that we talk about have some root in our lives too. Like maybe not currently, maybe it's something that we've dealt with in the past, but um, yeah, don't ever feel like we're putting this out there as a, we probably won't. Yeah. Yeah. Or not currently. Yeah. Have definitely have. Yes. So I wish that we had had this conversation about three weeks ago. Because there are currently things in my life now that I've said yes to that I'm like, I should have said no. I should have given somebody else the opportunity to step up. And that's a very like, I don't know, 
that doesn't even feel sincere to me to say that, but I should have said no to some things that I've currently said yes to that now I won't back out of because like, I've already said yes. I don't know. Yeah. I think at some point we have to recognize within us the fear that we have of saying no or yes to people and reevaluate what our priorities are. Because I think your priorities, um, how do I say, your priorities are what push your motivations. Do we have a challenge for the week? I mean, maybe just to evaluate. I think if I, I love all the questions that you read. Um, matter of fact, I think I need to ask for like that to be sent to me or so, in some way because <laughs> I, do that. Um, I think I need to set it out in front of me at all times um, to have my self question when somebody comes to ask you to yes. do something but like wait a minute let yeah. me pull up my list let me pull it up yeah because <laughs> i i'm sitting here thinking oh my gosh i mean i've heard people leave jobs mm-hmm. because they did they weren't shown enough gratitude you know i've i've heard people not do things because people didn't see them right nobody noticed me nobody said thank you you know um and they might really like the job right but because that wasn't happening so i'm like what's going on in our hearts Really, it all boils down to our the underlying um, heart issue that we all have. I think we would probably not be being truthful if we said we don't have those because who doesn't have those? Right. We're right. human. I mean, we're human. And our, I think we really just need to sit back and have a self-check of our motives, of our heart, why we do, why we say yes, why we say no, and... You know, Jesus even dealt with some of these. I mean, Satan straight up came at him and said, if you will, you know, bow to me, I can give you all of this. I can give you everything you see. I can take away all of that. Thankfully, he had the character, the connection to God, really. His priorities were correct so that he stood firm against that. You know, and the Bible says about Jesus, he made himself of no reputation. Right. I mean, if you think about that, he's not, he, he, we would never have thought him to be an attractive man. We would never, um, he, he was not wealthy. He, he was nothing that would quote unquote people, people wouldn't aspire to be him if you look at it with an earthly lens. I mean, I wonder what our life would be like if we had the same, that we made ourselves to be or to have no reputation. So when we're praying to be like Jesus, help me, Jesus. I mean, that's a, it's a whole other facet because a lot of people like to I mean, love, I'm going to love like Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to give like Jesus. I'm going to, and that's true. He did all of those things and that's awesome. But there's a lot below the surface. And uh, he had a lot of people that he had done nothing to and they didn't love him. Mm-hmm. Didn't say anything good about him. Um, actually came against him. Yeah. Made himself of no reputation. Interesting. Well, we should add that to the list of questions then. Yeah. Okay, guys. So... Um, we will try to get together again soon. We'll look at our calendars and see, see when we can do this. Um, so until then, we hope that you guys have a great week and we will talk to you next time. Bye guys.